But is, is Chinatown, like, dead now? I haven't really been. Have you, Chief? Uh, I, I would say that it looks dead because, you know, like, no one's really buying any food or, you know, eating out and whatnot. So. Definitely no white people there. There's a lot of white people there. Man. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably scared as fuck of that place. Um, <laughs> We've come to embrace the term social distancing from the Centers for Disease Control. That means avoiding group gatherings, plus crowded subways and buses. Social distancing in action. Social distancing. Social distancing. Social distancing. The new coronavirus buzz phrase. Yes, the buzz phrase of the moment is social distancing, also known as don't breathe on me, bitch. Adios and bye, or is it possible that it will yeah. mutate and strike us again the, the same way that uh, it did this time? Fucking the T-virus, man. We had one day kind of parsed out for like the big wedding, and then the following days was supposed to be like this, you know, Chinese more traditional wedding. And we, yeah, we had to cancel that because who wants a bunch of chicks getting together? <laughs> hey, what's going on? Thanks for tuning in to the EWB podcast. This is your host, Emil Wang, coming to you with part five of the social distancing series, a series where I catch up with my friends from around the globe during this pandemic. And we go from Singapore to Sin City, Las Vegas, where I catch up with two of my very good friends. On the phone first, I have a former contributor to the pod, Mr. Eric Swen. How are you? Hey, what's up, man? Doing all right? And dude, it's so good to have you back. Last we had you on, uh, it was almost two and a half years ago, uh, I, I believe, to talk our uh, to talk about our weddings with uh, Tan Nguyen. Oh, yeah. Huh. Wow. That was yeah, very man. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. So it's good to be able to catch up with you to hear how you're brave in this pandemic as well. Um, also on the phone, we have a new guest to the pod. Somebody I met back when uh, he was only 15 years old, and I used to creep him out by luring him to summer league basketball games with uh, offerings of candy. Mr. Chi Lim, how are you, man? Good man, how you doing? Thanks for uh, having me on the pod. EWB for life, man. <laughs> That's like EWP. <laughs> EWP, my bad. <laughs> EWP sounds like it could be like a, a baseball team. Uh, EWB's peewee team. Cheese EWB's peewee team. Uh, gee, I'm super glad to have you on because you recently got married, and I, I'm looking forward to hear how the pandemic. Uh, affected your wedding, but also, uh, you know, your your first month of married life because it's kind of a very unique situation where, in your first month, you're kind of on an extended honeymoon where you're basically just spending time with each other. The only difference is that you can't really relax and you're actually not on a vacation. Um, but we'll get into that. What I wanted to start with was uh, talking about Las Vegas itself. Uh, Las Vegas is pretty interesting because. It's not really talked about in the news as much as, uh, say, Washington has been because it was essentially where patient zero in the U.S. was or New York City, where it's basically become a war zone. Las Vegas actually sees a heck of a lot of foot traffic, especially from uh, Asian countries. So I, I'm surprised that we haven't heard much about what's been going on there or the amount of uh, infected people there are. So Yeah, um, 
you know, I think we're, I don't know, close to like 2,000 cases, if I'm not, not mistaken. And I think from what I was reading, it sounds like we're staying pretty well distanced from one another. So I think that's been kind of helping to keep it down. But I mean, just in general, we're not as as densely populated as like places like Cali or, or New York. So I think that's kind of had a big impact on just uh, us not having crazy numbers yet. Hopefully it stays that way. But, you know, we're kind of everybody's just kind of prepping themselves for the worst. And in terms of deaths, have there been a lot of statistics about that? I think it's I think it's still under 100 for Nevada. Last that I checked, but uh, I'm not sure if that's changed or not. Well, it's still pretty good considering how many foreigners actually live in Las Vegas, probably Chinese people uh, go there to retire. So I was actually expecting a lot higher number. So it's good to hear that the number isn't so much out of all yet. I'm going to go get into this a little bit later. You talk about something interesting, how you guys are so spread apart not only geographically have all these developments kind of blossomed all over the place uh, in Vegas, but the lifestyle itself is so much of a, hey, let's let's go out and uh, pack in these bars and hang out. You know, I mean, pe- people think of Las Vegas as, you know, the strip, the you know, clubbing, going partying every night, but that is that is far, far from the lifestyle that you know the three of us live uh, lived for me when I was in Vegas a lot of it is is house parties and even then those don't re- that common it's not like a weekly occurrence where a bunch of people come over and you pack you know 30 people into a house and hang out it's more of just nights where a couple of people get together and play video yeah i mean definitely and you know i you know, like we have like a, you know, close knit group of friends here and we're all just kind of, you know, we, we, we haven't really seen much of each other in the past uh, couple of weeks. You know, we have like Snapchat video calls and stuff like that. But yeah, it's just uh, I, I don't I think people are generally taking it pretty seriously here. I feel like culture wise, we're we're probably like a bit closer to kind of how Californians think and behave. So it's not, not like we're like we're not like, you know like how Florida's going where they like didn't close their beaches for like several weeks and stuff like that. I feel like the governor announced like a kind of a social distancing thing pretty early on here. So I feel like we're doing okay. So so the governor did make a, a declaration that was like, everybody should shelter in place. You know, all the bars need to close down. It's closed down now, right? Yes. That, that, that is still super surreal and bizarre, but yeah, this is like all the casinos are, are closed. So when you look at the strip, are the lights even on, or is it? You know, I think I've seen like photos of you know they like light up the the hotel rooms with like I don't know like Vegas Strong or like you know like some kind of encouraging message or something like that. But I think yeah, go home, the, you chinks. <laughs> for the most part, I think everything is <laughs> yeah everything's shut. And like you were mentioning about how like you know there's a lot of international people here and stuff, and it's like I just wonder how many people pass through here when like potentially carrying it and infecting others and then just kind of going back to wherever, you know, they came from and then just taking it back to their communities. Just haven't seen too much of a a crazy blow up of cases here yet. Yeah. Well, most of that probably all happened in that mile stretch on the strip and all of that, uh, you know, it's like a port town almost where like all the disease just kind of stay on the ships and, and sail away and not some, you know, get into the town itself. I'm curious, you know, since both of you guys have lived there for so long, is this the craziest thing that's ever happened in Vegas? I mean, like, Chi, you know, 
I don't think you were there, right? You were born in L.A., but the, the majority of your life, you've been there. Uh, yeah, I was born in, like, Southern California, um, like, Orange County area. I moved here in 05, so here for about 15 years now. So, yeah, over over half my life this year has been here. Um, and, and in terms of, like, craziest thing, I, I think, like, this is probably the craziest thing because, I mean, the, the mass, like, mass shooting back in October 1 of a couple years ago, that didn't cause, like, the shelter-in-place type of deal. Like, you know, businesses didn't close down or, you know, go into foreclosure or uh, bankruptcy and whatnot. So I would say this, you know, kind of outranks that, even though yeah, more people lost their lives due to the shooting. I was actually looking up on um, the Southern Nevada Health District, and there's only been 41 total deaths in uh, Clark County, so it's not too bad. Uh, total cases was uh, like 1,500. So also, I guess, not too bad comparatively to, to New York. And in terms of natural disasters, I, I you know, in the short time I lived, I remember some uh, some crazy windstorms, but it doesn't really get hit with anything, right? No, not really. Um, I think when I was in college, there was like a really big flash flood. And like across the street from UNLV, there was a uh, older complex where like street level wise, there was uh, one level below with a lot of businesses. And we used to get this uh, get pizza from one of the, the pizza places there. It was like four or five dollars for a larger. You know, it was, it was a pretty good deal. And the water got so high, it like completely flooded that place, broke all the windows. And uh, yeah, yeah. So that you know, in terms of natural disasters, I think that that flash flood was the biggest thing. Like I think that you can find videos of uh, if you remember the link, their parking garage was like completely flooded out. We had a uh, at UNLV, like the parking didn't have very good drainage, so you know, there's people they they essentially drove a car through the parking lot. And some guy like had a rope tied to the end, was on like jet, uh, like water skis or whatever. So that's how, that's how deep the water got. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so very different from a global pandemic is, is what I'm hearing. Yes. Well, it, it's good to hear that Vegas has, has been taking it seriously. Um, one thing I also, I wanted to ask you guys is how have the off strip businesses been hit? You know, I, I, it's I'm always curious to see how tourism affects these smaller businesses. I, I know Andrew and Cindy's restaurant, uh, Slater's Fifty Fifty, seems to be doing okay. I, I think they've been doing deliveries. I'm curious to see what you know how how the other restaurants and little businesses have been doing. The places that we kind of eat around at, like they're based in Chinatown, and uh, like Carly and I recently got an apartment towards like the edge of town, so we haven't eaten out as much recently. Um, just kind of buying our own groceries and whatnot, but um, like Henry's place is uh, Cafe Sanuki. Like we did uh, a pickup order there, but I think like business is so bad that, um, I don't know if this is true or not, but they essentially said like, we're not going to do this anymore. We're closing on Monday until, you know, this whole thing blows over. So I'd imagine that if like, you know, Cafe Sanuki is a pretty popular place. They have a lot of business, a lot of like a pretty good following. A place like that is going to close down, you know. What kind of like mom and pop shop can survive? Um, as an aside, the place that so I, I did Jujutsu at Cobra Kai for a while, and the downtown location actually closed because of this. Like they have two locations, one downtown, one southwest, and the downtown location just couldn't make the payments. I'm assuming, or it wasn't financially feasible to keep it alive. So 
they had no, permanently yeah, closed. Permanently closed. Yeah, 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 and I remember hearing George's episode, but George talked about how a lot of these small businesses have, you know, a, a, basically a 27-day window where if any of that cash flow stops, then they're fucked. And, you know, we, we've seen a lot of it in Seattle. Like even, um, and Eric, you might remember uh, facing... Um, so facing east didn't hasn't closed, but they opened up a sister restaurant downtown, and they're doing really really well. And even at the very very start of this, like, um, even before the whole shelter in place thing became a really big deal, uh, they had to close down uh, permanently, which was uh, which was yeah was shocking. But I think it you know where they were located was was a very very. Uh, hot real estate area so it, it wouldn't surprise me that yeah. they're over very very high um i'm thinking vegas though uh maybe they have a little bit more of a fighting because real estate's a little bit cheaper but it sounds like if uh, if cobra kai can't cut it then then i don't know <laughs> what will like so we have a really popular boba place here called Bruti, and like they tried to implement a kind of like a takeout like phone order system and then and like the first day was they like they're super popular like so like the first day they were like clogging up the parking lot and then i guess some of the other businesses got mad at them or something and so they had to change their system so i think it's just like a lot of the businesses they're just not prepared for adapting their business especially like for someone like uh, a place like them you know they're just selling like boba drinks for a couple bucks a cup you know it's like how, how many of those you gonna have to do to like to make your money and pay your rent you know, and some businesses have have been agile enough to succeed in this. You know, uh, I, I assume all those grocery grocery delivery services have uh, improved their methods. Companies in general are are gen- generally um, able to find ways to be efficient with you know digital conferences or remote delivery or whatever. Uh, it is crazy to see how you know they like your example, Eric. The the book, you know that that really could have been something in the future, right? That they they hired a you know a, a technology guy or a web demand guy to figure this out and you know roll that out in a year. But mm-hmm. um, you know for something like this to happen, be like shit, we got to roll this out in two weeks. Like yeah, you know it, it's I guess they figured it out somewhat, but there are all these just other logistical things that um. That, didn't make sense and, and couldn't work any other uh any other things that are that you guys are seeing getting hurt i mean all the you know what, what's going to happen with the casinos like how does that impact their businesses have you read much on that yeah yeah i know right it's like hard to it's hard to imagine people thinking like oh you know it's all good now they're open again, you know, they're just going to come streaming back into Vegas. Yeah. So people are um, being like, I'm going to hit up the seafood buffet. I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like let's go to the Bacchanal. Sure. Uh, um, I don't know. Like, I know I heard that some casinos are still paying their employees. I think uh, obviously it's the ones that have deeper pockets, but you know, I, I know that a lot of them have laid off and a lot of them have furloughed staff and it's just, things aren't going to pick back up like where they left off. Right. You know, it's hard to imagine that we're not going into an, you know, a whole recession after this. So, you know, tourism is kind of the first place to get hurt. Uh, so yeah, I don't know, man, Vegas always, Vegas always struggles just because it's like, we're such a tourism dependent economy. And it's just like, you know, when shit got bad after like 2008 and all that, um, you know, everything was dead. Yeah. And Emil, um, uh, got forced, uh, was forced to move to New York. Yeah. <laughs> 
worst worst couple of years of my life, man. I'll bet. I'll bet. <laughs> well, hey, hey, look at it, look at it this way, guys. Uh, maybe this time with the economy taking in Vegas again, it means you guys will have to move, and you'll have to move to Seattle. Uh, hopefully, bad enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, worth worth a try, I guess. <laughs> Sorry, man. Sorry. You got a wife now. Wife and kids, man. I can't. Fair enough. Fair enough. So what you guys are saying actually is really true. It, it must be a little bit scary because you guys are kind of on the second, um, even a little bit more reactive to the economy coming back up because people really aren't going to be going on vacation until the economy stabilizes and then their jobs become stable and their financial financial situation stabilizes. So it, it, it must be a, a little bit scary, but it it isn't the first time this has happened. So there must be some kind of... Some kind of methods that, um, you know, historically we can look back and point to. I'm curious if you guys have read up on anything or seen any any predictions of how Vegas will bounce back. My guess is that, uh, you know, as soon as the uh, conferences or, you know, big shows come back into town, the tourism should pick back up, is my guess. Because I think a lot of our business does come from like NFR, like the rodeo, um, SEMA. CES, things of that nature, um, these big, big conferences that come to town. In terms of like the residents here, like going to gamble like that, that was never a thing, even though you kind of mentioned like, oh, all these retirees spending their social security money at the at the casinos, right? Uh, but I think as soon as people think it's safe, people, um, they, and with all this like, you know, shelter in place stuff, maybe they do want to take a vacation afterwards if they have, you know, enough money or, you know, things of that nature. So. You know what, what better place in Vegas, right? Like there's uh there's things to do here. We have the nice town. We have other draws, I guess. Like the food here is getting pretty decent. Man, uh, so you guys so- are gonna have to build like the largest blackjack tables and like put slot machines like six feet apart. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like it, it it's so fascinating to me that you know when you think about entertainment um you know sporting events you know what's what's arena culture going to be like what's um you know what's it going to be like to go to a basketball game or a football game um are are people actually going to have to exercise these established social distancing rules um what's bar culture going to be like what what's clubbing going to be like is is there going to are are bouncers going to be uh similar to like middle school uh, dance chaperones that are going to be making sure that everyone's you know not only arms length apart they're they're you know dancing six feet apart right um i I wonder if with implementing all of these rules you know uh, will it affect the business and yeah what, what about um what about buffets are they going to segregate the asians What's gonna happen? Do that, man. <laughs> no pangolins served here. <laughs> What's yeah, that? I don't know. I think this whole thing is gonna be like, like studied like crazy in terms of like kind of the social psychology and just lingering effects of this, like mentally, <laughs> that will will come after this. It's like, are, are people gonna be like germaphobes because? Like, I know I've become, like, way more germaphobic, just, you know, and I'm not even working in the hospitals and stuff like that. So it's, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's crazy stuff. And, and on the topic of clinical trials, um, Eric, I know you, that you're in that profession, so maybe you could shed some light on this. When I talked to George on the pod, he, we discussed uh, the the medicine that could potentially be treating the COVID-19 um, the chloro, 
chloroquine? Chloroquine? I, I don't know if I'm even saying it uh, right. I think it's hydrochlorokinone or something like that. Uh, uh, I don't know. I think it's like a, I think it's like a lupus drug, uh, if I'm not mistaken. It's like a anti-malarial or something like that. But well, you know, I thought nobody got lupus according to House. What? There's a House. You ever watch yeah, House it's, it's MD? It's never lupus, man. It's, it's never, never lupus. lupus. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. Dude. Okay. Thanks, thanks, G. Um, but yeah, go on, Eric. It does. Hey, uh, George works for Gilead, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, because I think they have the other like antiviral that's like being studied. I mean, there's like a bunch of of studies that are ongoing, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I got some like email like news newsletter or something, and there's like a bunch of them that are being studied right now. But I mean, I don't. You know, it's like it's already. You know, the outbreak's already, like, ongoing and, like, cases are going up. It's, like, not going to be anytime soon that anything can actually be developed to curb this outbreak. But realistically, I mean, that, that uh, what's his name, Fauci's always going to tell, you know, clinical trials, you know, pump the brakes. We, we got to do this study correctly. Double blinds, yada, yada, yada. Is, is there really, at this point, is there even a... Does it even make sense to even bother going through this, or I, or I mean, just you know, rushing to to find a, a vaccine? Yeah, I mean, it would have to be like a you know a well designed trial, and like I'm not sure like how kind of all of the regulatory, all the regulatory machinery works to kind of speed up trials for something like this. Uh, that's probably something I should know, considering I work in the field. <laughs> I, I I don't. I don't know how all that, you know, all that goes. Um, so, but it's like, you know, you'd have to have like really robust data and like a lot of patients that have been tested. So uh, it's just, you know, there's really, I, I just don't see the point in like talking about it now when it's like, you know, we already have like over a million cases like across the world, but, you know, hopefully it can cur- help to curb future like iterations or mutations of this particular virus. And, uh, you know, hopefully something for that in the future but yeah i think the key is to uh not let the hospitals blow up yeah. at this point yeah um so i know viruses mutate but what's was this whole thing just something that was so random and so unlikely that so many people would get sick that it won't happen again in our lifetime or that, you know, the, the minor evolutions of this virus won't affect us and we'll be able to come up with a vaccine that will protect us from the minor changes the same way that, you know, we get the flu shot every year? Or is it possible that it will mutate and strike us again and affect us the same way that uh, it did this time? Fucking the T virus, man. Nemesis, man. He he keeps evolving. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Have you seen the graphics on the Dude, car, yeah. He will fucking kill you, man. He, yeah, he starts from like this walking thing and at the end he's just like a lump of like tentacles or something. <laughs> like he... <laughs> Oh man, the remakes are awesome. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh it's hard to say, but you know, Hopefully this brings like pressure for like trying to put some actual oversight over like the crazy wet markets and all the wildness that happens there. I mean, I feel like it might be unlikely, but shit, shit pops out of there all the time, man. It's just like this one just happened to be super like infectious. Oh man, it's just unbelievable. <laughs> I haven't even Googled what bat soup is. Like what, what is it? How do they make it? Do they, do they take like dead bats and like marinate so, them in soy sauce? 
No, no. I think if what I heard, like, I, it's something about like a bat, like infecting like um like an intermediary animal that then gets like you know consumed by humans. Um, and I think based on the sequencing of this virus, I think they suspected it to be a pangolin, um, which is those those weird little fuckers with the scales. Dude. I mean, I don't know. Uh, that, that's <laughs> what I was reading, but I mean, it's fucking <laughs> wild shit, dude. Uh, I'm, I'm googling what a pangolin is right now. Oh my god! They're so there's actually fuckers. They look like armadillo. Kind of. They do. Ooh. So there's actually a really interesting YouTube channel that um, I watch. Like he's the South African guy who lived in China for like a very long time. Um, and he, you know, he has a YouTube channel and he kind of he does like kind of like vlog documentary style stuff where he and he doesn't just hang out in like shanghai and beijing and stuff he like goes uh smaller little counties and smaller towns and stuff and he kind of films how life is there and like when this outbreak happened he was like he's like yeah man like this is just here's footage of how these markets are run right and it's just like you know it's just fucking super gross shit going on there right and he's like this is how it happens just kind of like the hygiene and standards and like the poorer parts of the country you know, it's just a, it's literally just like a petri dish for shit to like come out and, but yeah, like so interesting thing about him because his stuff was like controversial, he was starting to get like threatened and stuff because he has a Chinese wife and a kid, um, and he recently I found out moved to California so that he can continue making like videos that are critical of China without fear of like, you know, getting getting uh, suicided. <laughs> well, I'm sure if China wanted to make it happen, they would make it happen. Um, Good point. They find a way to make it look like you know he was auto asphyxiation or something humiliating like that. Um, yeah, the, the the YouTube channel sounds really interesting. I I gotta check it out. I'm very very curious to see what these uh, wet markets are like. Yeah, his channel is a serpent uh, Z A. Um, serpent Z A. He's got some interesting stuff. Well, EW beers, check it out. Serpent Z A. Uh, Chi, you are, are a month away from graduating med school uh, with the shelter. I assume you're not taking classes or doing rotations anymore. What's Yeah, so what's uh, they there? pulled us off of our uh, – so I had, like, infectious disease, um, funny <laughs> enough, in March. <laughs> <laughs> and my, uh, my preceptor, he's, uh, he's from Iran. He's like, you guys don't understand, like, how serious this is. Because, like, you know, in, in March, like, we just came back from – the, uh, the, I just came back from Seattle, the whole bachelor trip out there. And, uh, I like just didn't tell him that I was in Seattle. And uh, he's like, he's like, you, why weren't you here yesterday? I was like, where were you again? So I was, uh, way back from Seattle. I was like, Seattle? You didn't tell me that? Like, you know, we would have put a mask on you and, you know, X, Y, and Z. But, <laughs> so uh, you didn't tell him that you, uh, simultaneously <laughs> wrestled me, Eric, and Wayne and, yeah, uh, fought uh, us off like a hero? <laughs> <laughs> did not. I did not. <laughs> oh my mark. But uh, yeah, no. Um, funny enough, I had infections in the. So he he specializes in like care of HIV patients. So um, some of them, like the AIDS get, people, have uh, they're like immunocompromised. So you know these guys are more susceptible to things of this nature. And uh, they had to kind of change the protocol for triage. Like if if they did have a fever, they would like just remove. Them. They had to like stick them in. A special room or you know they had a designated room uh, in terms of like ppe like the personal protective equipment uh, we're kind of lacking like uh it's the clinic that he, uh, i was put at 
they have a limited supply of PPE just because uh, it's it's like county um, county funded, so it's like state funded, and they only get you know X amount for the office staff. So at that time, he had it was like six students, like five or six students. So we couldn't all like get PPE if, if like nurses like that are taking care of these patients could get it. So by me like not telling them, but oh, I'll just in Seattle, like. <laughs> I felt kind of bad at the end of the day because I didn't realize how, you know, how big of a deal this was either. So that was, you know, the first two weeks of March. And then, um, yeah, going kind of talking about the wedding, got, we did the wedding right underneath the, uh, the Nevada shutdown. Uh, all like non-essential businesses were closed down. And my uncle lives in California. <clears throat> Excuse me. He lives in California. And I think like his company actually issued like, hey, you guys are not allowed to travel outside of like you need to shelter in place as well so he like called me i think two days before the wedding he's like hey i can't make it to your wedding i'm the only family you have in you know the united states but i can't make it to your wedding because of this and i was like oh shit like maybe this is more serious than that and uh so we had one day kind of parsed out for like the big wedding and then the following days was, was supposed to be like this you know chinese more traditional wedding money. And we, yeah, we had to cancel that because who wants a bunch of chicks getting together at the ceremony? <laughs> <laughs> that most certainly would attract some uh, white-hooded members. Um, yeah, yeah, no, yeah man, that that really sucks. But I'm I'm glad that you were actually able to do it. Um, you know, I have a couple friends who were slated to get married later this year who had to cancel their weddings already, which is really unfortunate. Um, moving on to uh, more personal stuff, uh, Chi, you know, you've been married for a month now, and with you not going to school, are you, are you a good house husband? I am a good house husband, I think, uh, for the most part. You know, I have I, I try to have dinner uh, ready for her when she gets home from work. So. <laughs> what, do, what, what do you make? PB&Js? Yeah. Uh, I make uh, coffee sandwiches, you know, just uh, <laughs> I learned it from Helen Kumar type of deal. No. <laughs> It just depends, you know, like uh, we have rice cookers, so just rice plus, you know, meat or uh, we, we make salad, um, steak, stuff like that. Like relatively easy um, dinners, uh, spaghetti, pasta, what have you. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not you know, a chef by any means, as, as you know. I try to clean, try to have like a you know, relatively neat household. I do play a lot of video games during the day and uh, sometimes I'll, Play like when she's home or like uh, during the weekends, and uh, I should be more mindful and you know spend more time with her when she's here, and then I'll fuck around more when she's not here. <laughs> but yeah, that that's that's a good plan. And why why do you think I do this? Why do you record the podcast after my wife goes? Um, oh, that's a good point. <laughs> but this is uh but that's good. I mean, I, it's awesome that you get to spend time together, and it's really just the two of you. Eric, how about you? Uh, you you finally don't need to. Uh, I assume works and you travel. Um, what yeah. uh, you, you enjoying it? Yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, you know, it, it is really nice to to be able to stay home, spend more time with Lastina, spend time with Leela. But uh, you know, it's just kind of the whole backdrop of you know everything that's going on right now. It's kind of a bit of a bummer. I'll just kind of make the most of it. I'm playing a lot of games too, so you know, trying not to play too much when Faustine is home, but I still do sometimes. Man, we're like all um, cut from the same cloth, basically, doing shit on our wives, uh, right. our yeah. own. <laughs> yeah, man. Like uh, me and Eric are playing video games, you're just playing with yourself, you know. 
playing I'm playing with my might in, in many of <laughs> Alright, well guys, thank you guys so much for taking the time and speaking and it's been awesome cutting hearing about what's going on in Vegas and you know, I, I'm really glad that I was able to actually catch you guys last month and I think out of all my friends, um, you guys are the only out of towners that have actually seen Davis. So they're kind of the, the last visitors that I was I was able to hang out where this all this all went down. So who knows when I'll be able to catch you guys again, but hopefully it'll be before uh, Davis turns 18. <laughs> hey, that man, like, I got yeah. to take him to NBA Summer League. <laughs> <laughs> pay it forward, right? <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks, man. I'll see you later. GG. I got see my ya. toes in the water, ass in the sand. Not a worry in a world of cold beer in my hand. Life is good today. Life is good today. Adios and Viacondios. A long way from GA. Yes, and all the muchachas, they call me Big Papa. When I throw pesos their way Adios and vaya con Dios A long way from GA Someone do me a favor and pour me some Jaeger And I'll grab my guitar and play Adios and vaya con Dios